this is Thor Ackerlin, and welcome to Video Game Bullshit. This is Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got guys. Hey, hey. I'm big into uh, No Death Runs, High Score Runs, uh, collector of all things vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. Alright, it's time for a headbanging good time. Welcome to the bullshit homework. It's time. Stupendous. Tremendous. Aquamentis. It's Kabuki Quantum Fighter! Jikoku Gokuraku Maru! Yeah, so the, uh, the Jigoku Gokuraku Maru is actually the Japanese title of the, <laughs> of the game. <laughs> nice. God. You can say it's just like Arena style. <laughs> so yeah, like this is a nice little, uh, a fun little treat that you uh, you dug up out of the uh, the ar- archive bucket list that you've been having for a while. Yeah, we've been referencing it too much. It's like, all right, we're yeah. gonna get this one done. That is true. We have like talked about it a lot. Yeah, it's time to do this one. Do it right. Do it justice. All damn night. And it's like. One of our staples for the uh, the bullshit masters has been the NES and then platformers, so it only makes sense to do an obscure one. Mm-hmm. A really quality one. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. The most Japanese main character of all time, Colonel Scott. Scott O'Connor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scott O'Connor. <laughs> that is awesome. So, so should I do a little quick uh, painting of the canvas so we can jump into some crazy, crazy shit? Always roll out the red carpet, because here we come. Let's do it. Yeah, there's some crazy nuances of this game, too. It's awesome. Oh, I love it, man. Yeah. So this game is Kabuki Quantum Fighter. Obviously, 2D action platformer, as we alluded to. Uh, some of the favorite staples of the NASR on platformers, and I know one of your goals, Kyle, is to play them all. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you know, man. <laughs> so the... uh the game is developed by Human Entertainment. Um, released in 1990 in Japan by the classic Packin Video, and then the next year, shortly after, like maybe two weeks after, it was released in the United States by HAL America. Um, do you know what else HAL released for the Nintendo? Oh, they've done tons of shit. Tons of shit. So many like games. Like, so much. <laughs> so, um, the good ones that they did, obviously, Hal is known for the Kirby's Adventure. That's the classic. Um, it, it also released a lot of arcade ports like Joust, Defender 2, Millipede. Um, excellent games. Classics. Must haves, in my opinion. For the bar, especially. Pal exclusive New Ghostbusters 2. Ooh. Quality. Fucking amazing. They did the original Earthbound Mother 1 on the Nintendo. Um, and of course, the hidden, hidden gem, Vegas Dream. <laughs> oh yeah, it's time to gamble, baby. They, they, they did a ton of others too. And of course, they continued with Kirby games and, and continued with Earthbound, went on to Pokemon and, um, as well as Smash Brothers series and went crazy with all that. So, I mean, Hell is a is a is a big company. 
Um, they also did the Adventures of Lolo series. Yes. Can't forget that one. Eggerland. So if you think about it, like, like Kabuki Quantum Fighter is in good company with a lot of good games. Great friends. Oh, yeah. Great brethren. So the music in the game is excellent. The classics, yeah. Um, composed by, uh, and of course this is Wikipedia, uh, Masaki Hashimoto and Takahiro Wakota. Wakota, <laughs> Wakota. Um, yeah, yeah, it's great. Let's just start with like an upbeat treat. It's just perfect for like platforming, running, you know. In the digital world of Kabuki Quantum Fighter. The story's crazy, though, man. It's, like, off the wall. There's that, like, Star Trek feel, like, in, in the story, like, in, in between the levels. The sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. For sure, though. Yeah, it's like a vintage sci-fi feel. Flash Gordon or shit. It's insane because in the Japanese version, the guy's literally a Kabuki. And not a robot. It's it's Bobby Yano, Japanese guy. Instead of 25, he's 15. And then he has, like, this giant hair, but he's, like, a dude. He's not a robot at all. Like, it's such a weird, different thing. <laughs> but, yeah, like, so that's what I like about Kabuki is that it's so off the fucking wall. It totally is. Like, what Ridiculous. the fuck? Yeah, man. And the <laughs> writing is good, though. Whoever whoever translated it, it's like ace, like a student English class, you know? Oh, and, and the thing is, is that they were released almost concurrently. So you got to think by, um, by 1990, 91, they got all those crazy woes of translations out of the way. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because, I mean, a lot of that crazy memes and things that we have now, uh, talking about the bad translations, you know, Winner's You type things are the really early releases. Dude, this one's really good. Like, throughout the whole game, especially the end part with the credits, it's, like, super well done. I was impressed. Oh, yeah. And and the, the other thing that I really liked is you had your Ninja Gaiden-style uh, screens, your, your different uh, cutscenes and everything. Yeah, it's like a movie in between. Yeah, I love that. I definitely thought of Ninja Gaiden too, man. Yeah, exactly. It was definitely like Ninja Gaiden, just really it wasn't as many enemies as Ninja Gaiden. <laughs> no, the levels themselves are more the hazard. like Were the enemy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we both found ourselves succumbing to like time overs more so yeah. than like death. Because you have so much life. Yeah, and that's kind of where time almost is necessary in this game, just to, like, create that extra, like, oh, fuck. Because the, the level itself is the enemy, yeah, for the most part. Well, and I mean, if they didn't have a timer, I would have took in my time to go through it, and they would have had to have increased the enemy count, and then it would have been not as enjoyable. So, like, I enjoy the platforming aspects, and... Me too, it's so satisfying once you start hitting all those different jumps and swings because you literally have to. There's parts where you have to swing from like hanging platform to hanging platform to hanging platform of different lengths and heights, and doing it perfectly is satisfying as shit. There's certain um, parts where you can swing on it, and there's certain ones where you swing on it and you have to get on top of the actual swing because it's a platform itself, you know. And then later on things start getting introduced on those platforms like conveyor belts, ice. It starts to get mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah, so, and I figured, we, since it's actually not that long of a game, we could go through each level just little by little and just kind of describe our own experiences. Sure. Was there anything else you want to throw in about just, like, the prerequisites? The The controls are extremely tight. Of course, you do a lot of attacking with your hair, but as you progress through the levels, you get all these power-ups that that modify, but the power-ups consume chips. So the, the chips are like your magic, almost. Yeah, and it, that really reminds me of Guardian Legend, where those chips is like your ammo. It's just called chips. But it's a totally different compile than Guardian Legend, so I don't know. Um, I think Broader Bun like actually released it 
published it. But yeah, so uh, but it just so happens to have that same correlation. Um, actually, the the bottom, the your HUD, mm-hmm. that that actually is the same almost nearly as Guardian Legend as well. So it's just interesting. Interesting. Yeah, and the, what you mentioned with the weapon upgrades, it's very like Mega Man. It's an upgrade in a way that um, so it gives you a new weapon after each level. Um, kind of like how in Mega Man, when you beat each level, they give you something new. But it's actually each gun is it gives you a new gun. It's 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 pretty much it's new a new technique each time. Yeah, and there's a there's a big secret with the bosses where if you pause it during the boss, if you hold up, you'll add to your life and decrease your chips, and if you hold down, you're, you'll decrease your life and add to your chips, and you can do it at any time and at any increment. I see see that was the crazy thing is like you mentioned that and after I played the game and everything like you're like oh yeah you can you can modify the chips in the life and I'm like what <laughs> like I didn't even know about that technique cuz I play games when we do the homework I play them blind like I don't use any kind of guides or anything Yeah I was watching a speed run and the guy like was throwing in like little hints and shit Nice. Yeah, yeah, see, that's that internet advantage right there. And it's one yep. thing, like, like nowadays, we literally have everything at our fingertips. Exactly. Yeah, and and that's why, like, when I first play a game, I like to just fire it up on my Nintendo television blind, play it, and see what happens. That way, it literally does whatever it does. I find it, I experience it just like I did back in the day. And then if I get stuck or screwed over or something, or I don't get it done in the first day, then we are, we're chatting usually the next day and everything on it anyways. And then I figure things out. Um, I kind of like the us chatting more so than looking it up online, because then it's like the schoolyard where it's like, hey, <laughs> did you play freaking Kabuki last night? Yeah. And then we start talking about stuff. And it's like, oh, yeah, and this level, it was a pain in the ass when a time ran out on it. And it's like, that's like schoolyard banter. Super classics. Oh, for sure. And that's that's kind of how I've been doing the homework since we've done the podcast. And, it's, and I think that's why even the chatting via email throughout the day or whatever is excellent because it's it's that literally that schoolyard banter where everybody's playing the same game that came out, but now it's our homework. And that's the dichotomy that I like about how we do the bullshit homework. The big thing that I noticed too, as well with um, the strategy, just for even the bosses, like before we just even just get into the levels, like mm-hmm. so you eventually a few levels in, you get a dynamite kind of weapon. It's like an explosive. I think it's a third. Um, so you press select and you can go through. It's either the third or the fourth, yeah. Yeah, and that's the super like to me. That's the best thing in the game. What I would do is just try to save up the chips throughout the level. And I'm pretty sure the enemies, like the enemy drops, when you kill them, they drop either like chips, life, or one-ups. Yeah, one-ups are pretty rare. Yeah, and that's the thing. So um, the fact that they drop, I'm pretty sure they drop those the same every single time. uh, Because I was trying to pay attention. The guy that drops the heart will generally drop the heart every single time and so forth. So that was the thing with the one-ups. So I was like, I wonder, and sometimes you can make the bad guys respawn. So I was like, I wonder if I could make, I wonder if I could make the one up guys respawn. But I, I couldn't get them to. Really? There's certain guys that'll drop one ups, yeah, and I couldn't get them to respawn. But I can get other guys to respawn. Really? Um, yeah, like in the levels where you climb, there's dudes that like latch on to the platforms, and you have to kill them before you get on. You can swing upward. For those guys, if you go downward, they respawn, so they come back. But the guys that you want to come back don't, so that's pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, of course that's how it is, but the thing is, though, if (laughs) if you could manipulate that, you would have, and then it would have kind of broken the game. Yeah, so that that's what also like gives it that challenge because those guys were in like the last level, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the enemy drops are nearly always the same. So with the bosses, I would just try to save as many chips as I could during the level, and then I would just go crazy with with the dynamite on the bosses. Basically, that was my like strategy. Yeah, the the thing with the the dynamite is it's super powerful. But it's a little slower, and you got to time it just right. Because you toss it, it goes in like a little arc. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, it does that classic, I call it the Famicom arc. There's <laughs> a lot of games in the Famicom that weren't brought here that literally that's how you attack, is the Fami arc. Yeah, like the Tom Sawyer, Adventures of Tom Sawyer has it. Um, oh, yeah. Friday the 13th, I always think of the Stones, you know? The uh, 53 sta- Steps of Tokaido or whatever, the one, <laughs> that freaking platforming Famicom game that Arena played on Game Center CX, like, so many... Little annoying arc ones, but the thing is, is that the uh, the dynamite, the power, makes it worth using it. Yeah, that's because it it destroys the bosses like super hardcore. The the power I like to use was the three way shot because then you didn't really have to aim as much. No, I didn't really use that one. How how strong was it? Pretty strong. Oh yeah, it was it was decently strong, and you would basically always hit the guy. So did you use that for most of the bosses or? What was your strategy? Yeah, most of the bosses, I would just use that that three way shot, and then just figure out how to avoid the bosses from hitting me by jumping around and things, which was typically easy because the controls are ex- extremely good. Yeah, that's a good place to throw that in too, for sure. Yeah, so that's really cool that they made every single power up awesome. So I'm sure you could mm-hmm. be awesome with all of them. That's the other thing about programming a game, you know. So I could beat it with the TNT, you could beat it with the triple shot, it's just cool. And the thing is, is that I, I think that the three-way shot came before the TNT, so like it, ta- it takes a little less. Yeah, I think that was the second one you got. Yeah, the first one's just like a one-way shot. And then after that, though, that big fireball that comes after the TNT consumes too many chips to use too much. It's like a heat seeker. It's awesome though, because it like it literally like surrounds you. Yeah, it's cool. And then <laughs> it goes after the bad guys, but then like surrounds you, so you, it uses it like works as like a little bit of a shield too. Yeah, exactly. Which was a cool little double thing, but yeah, it's costly, man. Yeah, and and it doesn't use that many, or it does. It doesn't protect you that well to utilize that many chips. Yeah, exactly. Cool. So that was our strategies. Awesome. Exactly. Yeah, it was totally like H.R. Giger, though. You know, like alien xenomorph style. Like I also thought of a lot of Contra, um, like the last level in Contra. I, I guess we should probably yeah, just go into like sure. the stages. You know. Yeah. So like the first one was, you know, a very. It was like a your basic horizontal. You know, like just getting used to the the platforming, and they. They presented a few of the platforms that you have to flip around on and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely thought of Batman. They have the little, like, short little robot, like, Death Star droids that are real short to the ground, you know, that, like, move around that you got to take out, little stuff like that. It was funny because people were, like, so basically you're, like, infiltrating, like, a program, like a circuitry yep. kind of deal. And it's people were like, well, there's no circuitry in the game, but the first level does have circuitry. Like it's, it looks like little circuit board outlines. Um, there's also some pretty cool, like beating hearts that totally like Contra, right? Oh yeah. You know, like the final boss. And then there's, there's like guts and shit. So it, it's interesting that there's like an organic meets electronic, like melding, which is that like HR Giger. It definitely has one of the most unique settings in a Nintendo game that was released in the US. And I agree hundred percent when you say the um Batman influences. Yeah, you feel it, you know. That first level, it not only looks looks it, but like the color scheme. Yeah. The background is dark. The foreground has that brownish to it. And then you even have like the little almost the little pillars that Batman you would like actually like jump off of them. They're kinda there. I'm so glad you mentioned that. You can't do that jump, but you literally see them almost, and it reminds you definitely of that game. And the thing with the pillars too, it, the sprites are really like minute and small and like precise, so they have like little bricks. Yeah. And we have mentioned in other episodes those bricks are in other games like Batman, uh, Ninja Gaiden one, two, and three, especially two and three, like Shatterhand, Journey to Silius, um, a Vice Project Doom. Uh, Rygar, really good, like, 
it's like the later games. I'm not sure how when Rygar came in. That might have been one of the first. Ry- Rygar was was older, yeah. Yeah, but the other ones really ushered in that. Like you could see the minute like graphic enhancements on it, and there were just such small little details and just badass shit, shit like that. I almost think that like it's kind of an artistic perfection when it comes to those kind of things because it's literally the backgrounds work well because if you just made busy backgrounds it wouldn't work but the way that they did it it's like literally like the first level that we're still on it's like green circuitry chips and things in the background it works awesome because of the green color scheme exactly just seriously like amazing like later graphics that just those are the black are the best platformers and we're pretty much going to try to play, like, all the best, you know. I mean, that's what we do. We got them all just sitting here. It's great. I mean, it's like paradise. We have forever. <laughs> and that's the thing. We can go every system for every game for everything, whatever we feel like playing, because the world is our oyster, and NES is our bread and butter, so that's why we always come back. we got to love it, man. And, like, the boss of the first level, he's like a little guy, and he's like, jumps around. Yeah. Pretty much just, you know keep up with them and kind of keep with them and just whack them as fast as you can and you'll pretty much take him out. He's pretty easy. He does like a ground fire. He bends over type deal and like shoots some fire on the ground. So when he does that, just jump over that. Mm-hmm. That's really all that, you know, the threat that he poses. Pretty pretty easy bosses in this game, man. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I literally just blasted the shit out of him, and just when he went to attack, I'd just jump, and I would miss that ground fire. It wasn't too difficult. So the first level's just kind of like one section, then you have a boss. The second level's a little different. Not much different, though, you know? Mm -hmm. How it has, like, two sections, kind of like one one and one two. Yeah. That one's, like, in the sewers. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's where it has that awesome, like, almost purple fence background, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, it's literally, that's where you got your Giger references, where you have, like, the skulls with, like, pouring water out of them, and it, like, they go over the platforms and go all the way down off into the holes that you could fall in. Like, it's it's literally, like, uber detail-oriented in this level, and it's, like, every level in this game. Yeah, through through the whole game, you have the whole Giger thing, but yeah, what you were saying, like, the animation, though, all the background's, like, animated. Yeah. So you have, like, movement, which you see that in, like, the later Ninja Gaiden stuff. You know, your shatter hand. Like, there's stuff happening in the background. Like, uh, Vice Project Doom, they have, like, a uh, reflection in the water. Not only is there a pair, like, scrolling, but there's, like, water reflection. So there's, like, warping <laughs> of the actual, like, background in the foreground. It's, like, sick. So later on, the NES has such beautiful stuff, man. And this is all part of it. I mean, and that's just it is, like, the programming just keeps on exponentially growing and growing. And yeah. I mean, it's it's exactly why the Culture Chronicles start in the 90s, because that's literally the Shangri-La of the NES and birth of the Super NES and Genesis and Turbo. And Fuck yeah, man. I mean, that's when it all started, like, boom and insanity. The detail and... Gaming came into, like, a, a graphical, artistic, like, Shangri-La. Renaissance, man. Renaissance. It yep. was. Yeah, for sure. Exactly what it was. A fucking <laughs> like, renaissance, dude. <laughs> and, I mean, that type of pixel art is a thing now, and that's the stuff that artists use now to gain inspiration to do their own, you know, drawn art. And it's all that minimalistic, but then... This game, like Kabuki, completely not minimalistic when you look at all the crazy stuff that's going on, but there's still so much more that you could do with it when you're thinking artistically. It leaves a lot to the mind still. Yeah, I mean, just like all the other like amazing NES games do, which is why it'll be forever, you know? Well, exactly. And so so this uh, yes. level, second level, added a lot of the swinging platforms. Yeah, they start to get more... A lot more. <laughs> and and I'm not sure if the first level had this, but I definitely noticed it more in the second level where when I would mess up, oh, now I got to backtrack a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, because the water, like, punishes you because it, like, pushes you back. So now you have this, like, punishment factor. Yeah, and it's like, so literally you got to chain together six or seven of those swings. You miss one, got to go back around to the first one. 
jump on it and then start over that whole series again. Yeah, I like to call this level Skeleskulls and Waterfalls. <laughs> <laughs> Skeleskulls and Waterfalls. Yeah, man. Right now on Video Game Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, really cool, man. So there's, there's a second part to level two. It's like level two, two, like Mario. You only get 50 seconds in this section. This is the one part where the time, like, is actually pressing, and you have to, like, descend all the way down and, like, go through these little hazards. It has the same kind of graphical layout as Level 2 does. It's just kind of, uh, there's little spikes and that type of thing that you have to dodge. And uh, the rivers, you have to walk through the rivers because they're, they're pushing you back and, you know, you're pressed for time. That type of thing. Kind of reminded me a little bit of the Mega Man sections when you would fall in that part. Definitely. Yeah. Exactly, and there's a there's a a one up at the very end of the level. If you jump all the way over to the right side, and when you fall, just hold to the left like Mega Man style. Sometimes you have to hold all the way to the left and hug the wall, and you'll get that one up, you know, or that energy for Mega Man, the energy tank. Oh man, love those energy tanks. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. It's the best part. <laughs> so yeah, the that's how you get overpowered in that game. It's the best part of the trip. Yeah. <laughs> Unstoppable. So but yeah, for Kabuki, yeah, get that one up on the way down. Yep. Then you fight the boss. Then the the boss is kinda of like another little guy. He's like a jump kick man. He's like jump kicks around and he's like Gemini man though. He like splits in two. Yeah, because it was like I, I, again, went balls to the wall with him, and I didn't even know that he did it, and he did it right at the end. Yeah, he splits in two, and you got one, you know, works and one doesn't. Yeah. You know, the classic, one's real, one's not, you know. And I think I got lucky and went for the real one, and he just, like, died real quick, and I'm like, okay, so why'd he split into two? But if I would went for the wrong one or attacked him slower, I think he would have been a nuisance. That one, the speedrunner... Just saved up all his chips and just went crazy with the long range weapon, you know, that you get after the first level. So you get, so the first level you get like a long range. It's just like a single shot, and so that's what you can use throughout the level. But I just recommend just using, you know, your your bare essentials, your hair and dodging abilities, jumping through stuff. You get a lot of like hit points, man. You know, you get a ton of hit points in this game. That's the one thing that it's very gracious with that. Yeah, you have. Yeah almost too much life which is yeah. <laughs> hilarious yeah. i'm used to you know one two hit death so i know right especially famicom like stuff early especially brutal yeah destroyer like yeah so that's the second level pretty much in a nutshell the third level is the make or break it vertical climb of death oh god <laughs> <laughs> the first the first oh man it's later on Woo! but yeah this is the initiation of destruction yeah, for sure. Uh, this one wasn't too taxing for me, but I definitely saw where the future was going to lie. <laughs> right? Where they could <laughs> literally make it evil as shit. Yeah, like we're going to get really pounded later. Because <laughs> like, cause like, this is literally like the bare bones. Like, you got to start start going up, but there's not, it's not too complex yet. You still only have to swing and, and move across the little shimmy spots where you like kind of grab up to the ceiling and shimmy across and there's enemies but you can literally kick them when you're shimmying or which is great yeah super or just cool. whip your hair at them yeah um it's not not super difficult though but <laughs> so yeah this is when they introduced so the conveyors were in level two right though they had little conveyors in two i think a little bit this is when the conveyors become an issue yeah because now now it's like the beginning levels of, of kid icarus when you're going through the underworld and you're working your way up, like, when you fall, man, it's punishment. Because you got to work your way all the way up. So I got a nice story on uh, this level, too, the first time I played it. <laughs> so I was playing it on my Famicom EverDrive with a converter, which I have a NASA Super Adapter. Um, and that was in my sharp Nintendo television. When I got to this level, I went up, like, half a little section, and the graphics completely glitched out. Like, jacked up. And it was, must have been the ROM dump, or who knows. Um, and it was only when I was going upward, when I was going horizontal. So, I, it, there was no issues before this. So, literally, I would go up, and all of a sudden, it would, like, glitch out. 
but I could still, I'd be able to see the platforms before I would get to the glitch spot, so I could literally still, like, make it to the next grip point. And then I would go up, but then, like, it would glitch out again, and I would miss something because there's a fucking conveyor belt, and I would fall. But I would fall, like, really far because it'd be glitched, so I wouldn't see where the platform is to land. Right. <laughs> like Metroid or Kid Icarus, yeah, you just fall. Well, it was like, in those games, at least, I would see where the platform is below, so I could kind of guide to it. And this game, the controls are so good that it's easy to guide to things. However, I couldn't see the platform, so I literally would keep falling. Because it was glitched out. It's crazy you glitched it out. I never glitched it out at all. Well, I was playing it via a um, S a micro SD card, you know, flash card. So when you play it on the system, it's supposed to be, like, exact, right? There's still, like, weird glitches? or um. Well, the thing is, is if somebody didn't dump the ROM properly... Damn. It might have a glitch. So I'm assuming, like, that's the one issue that you have is that when you download a ROM online with emulation or even putting it on a, on a cartridge, if somebody didn't dump the ROM properly, then it's not going to work properly. That's why people look for, I, I think it's like the clean ROMs or the no intro ROMs. There's like certain, you know, definition of ROMs that means that it's like a perfect copy. Was it turning like dark? At certain points when you're playing like dark and light and stuff like that, at all. Um, yeah, a, a little bit. Cause the guy um on the speedrun said the guy who got the original speedrun of like ten minutes or some shit, he was playing the ROM and it was going black and he just thought like that was the game like turning off the lights on him. <laughs> and he's he still did the speedrun like ten minutes, but yeah, he it was all glitched out. So maybe that's what it is, like, the dumped ROM's fucked up. Maybe he had that same... That's crazy, dude. I don't know, man. It is just... The normal game doesn't do it, so... I mean, that's just another reason why we always recommend, if you can, play the real hardware with the real games. Because then you don't have any issues. Because if somebody played Kabuki Quantum Fighter on a ROM the first time and and got to that threat, alright, this game's fucked up never play it again, never give it a second chance. And that's not... The game's not bad, it just was a bad version of it. Or And the guy thought that it was like turning the lights off on him during the levels, because that's what the ROM was doing. So he thought it was a different game. <laughs> that's crazy. Exactly, so it's it's literally not the same experience than if you would have actually played that first experience on a real Nintendo. That's fucked up. So, it's just... Just one of those things, though. Um, I ended up playing it on Coin Ops on my Xbox after that, too. Um, so that way I could just play through it real quick. That's very interesting. I didn't know. Funny stories. <laughs> yeah, at the end of that level, there's, like, the Plant Man. Oh, yeah. little Plant Man <laughs> going back and forth. It kind of reminds me of something out of, like, Splatterhouse or Haunted Halloween or something. Now, um, in this level, when you were going up, there was ice, too, correct? Yes, that's the first time ice is introduced, I believe, and that's, you, like, fly super fast when you walk off it. There's, like, a a crazy, like, speed rate that it, like, flings you, and if you get hit at the same time, the speedrun guy's, like, then you get flown, like, mock speed, and that's how you can get, like, speedrun, like, chisel off seconds. Wasn't there one spot where there's, like, an enemy... There was, like, an enemy on the right side. There was ice next to him, and you had to, like, jump from platform to the ice, and then in time it when the enemy shoots, and you got to jump up and get it real quick, get the platform. Yeah, like, what I would do, the enemy that... That guy was a bastard. Yeah, man. The <laughs> enemy that shot, what I would do, I, I would go to my projectile and just hit him. I would jump up and hit him. Yeah. And, but eventually, like, the third or fourth time, because I, I actually played this game... Well, after I beat it, I kept going. It was just fun. Like, so the th- the third or fourth time, I was just jumping over his fireballs. You you because you eventually it's like you just know what's gonna happen, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, the first times I was playing it, I made sure that I took. I was real careful. I made sure that I shot him, killed him, you know. But yeah, dude, like they they put the guys in the certain spots in level three where. Um, a lot of oh yeah, we can't gloss over this. Like a lot of the reviews that I read. They never got past level three, and they're like, "This game is <laughs> fucking impossible." Like, it's like the the rage quit. Yeah, that's the first like part where you'll rage quit. 
It's like lessons. It's like the sensei, like, beating you down. That's the thing, like... Sensei, God. Well, that's, like, what we've, we're doing. We're, like, kung fu training ourselves for, like, these video games, like, over the years, man. Well, and I, I think it's one of those things when we were doing our schoolyard banter chat is that um, I was saying that 1991 Jeff may not have been able to beat this game in a single sit-down. The 2017 Jeff can tackle this game no problem it's like we've leveled up so much it's like it's not an issue anymore yeah and i was thinking you know the fact that it's a 50 dollars game is meant to be hard and this game is balls hard mm-hmm. we're to the point where it's the conditioning it's, yeah it's just kind of like okay that's cool but i'll just keep playing it and eventually just beat it you know mm-hmm. keep going but don't get pissed off, because there are certain points where you're climbing and you like lose concentration and you fall. Oh yeah, um, and then it's kind of like fuck, and that that's kind of like that zen that this game teaches you in that third level, like how to climb and just maintain that concentration. But it does feel good when you got it, man. Oh, I mean, you can literally flow from platform to platform to platform, like once you're in the zone. It's pretty brilliant. <laughs> The other thing I would like to mention for sure is this game has the complete video game aspect where not only can you do what you've mentioned a few times, which is go for that, you know, time rush where you could go for a speed run, but there's also a score so you could literally set a world record too. So it's got that full, complete like aspect where you got the guys who want to go for the high score, you got the ones that want to go for the fastest time. Like, there's multiple aspects to give this game longevity from, like, a 2017 perspective. Oh, absolutely, because I, I almost got a, a no-death. I, I got a one-death run in this game. Nice. So I'm, I can obviously do it. You're definitely way better than me at this game. It's just, like, inevitable. Yeah. The key is having fun and not psyching yourself out, because that's the other thing with no-death runs. You can psych yourself out so bad. Well, there's there's two ways to do it. Like you're basically doing a no death run just off of complete skill, and then you you got the people that can no death run because they've played it a million times. I mean, once you get to that point, then it's like literally you could almost close your eyes and beat the game. Like riding a bike because your mental, your brain like knows all the ways. Yeah, exactly. That's the perfect way to get. That's where you want to get with every game. That's the thing that people need to realize that there's but there's that like. This kind of level represents that. There's that like blockade plateau part where this level's perfect because it's like right in the middle of the game too. So it's like the plateau. If you get upset and you don't come back the next day, kind of thing, or not even the next day, but the next ten minutes, <laughs> um, you probably won't ever beat it. But you you will have to die a few times. You know, it's just how it is. Unless you're like super sensei. The other issue that we have nowadays is that we have the every game at our fingertips issue. You know, that whole mental thing we've talked about in the podcast before, where when you have everything at your leisure to play, you're not going to give a game the time of day. I mean, we're doing it so we can, you know, thoroughly analyze the game and talk about every nuance, so we make sure we play it. Plus, we're we're good at platforming games. That's one of our good genres. Um, but, like, somebody who's not 
you know, so good at a platforming game, they're going to be like, alright, this game's too hard, next game. And then they leave that shitty review. Yeah, that's how you go so fast to, like, another game. and Exactly, you're just hopping from game to game. I noticed with, like, multi-carts, people are, like, really bad with that. Not to get too off track, but that's a whole other thing where it's like, they have so many games, so they're just kind of looking for that one that they coagulate to, you know? Well, you got that one, and then you got the other one that they have so many games that they never leave the shelf. Don't do anything. Cancels it all out. Yeah, and then they have, like, such a long backlog that it never goes away, and, like, luckily we have a venue like this where we can just start knocking out games we've been meaning to get to. I mean, that's the fun of it. Like, that's what that's what it's all about, too. Yeah. In the end, it's like we've got all these games, so now we're going to get the worth out of them. We're going to squeeze all the juice we can. That's what's cool, man. I love it. Well, and it's it's not only are we getting the worth out of it, but we're also, like, going about it our own way. And then, you know, quantifying it by chatting, bullshitting about it, too. Just making it like a memory. It's like making everything nostalgic as we can. I mean, it's just some of these games are amazing. Other games that aren't amazing will tear them apart. It's it's fun either way. Hell yeah. So with level three, the Platman boss, my only strategies for that, I would say, stay in the near the middle of the room, because when he goes, he's going to get real pissed off and go, but he, have a, he has like an enrage factor, and at some point he yeah. gets pissed off, so you stay toward the middle of the room so you can jump over. Um, it reminded me of the werewolf in Haunted Halloween 85. you got to kind of, like, jump over, and there's a cadence to it. Yeah, yeah. And then once he lands, uh, you can hit him until he stands up, and then he's going to throw the acid mm-hmm. out. And so you just, when he stands up, move away, like or jump away or move away right away, and uh, just kind of, like, rinse and repeat. This guy, if you don't, like, get the jumps right, though he can like fuck you well yeah and i think that the advantage was the exact parallel that you mentioned like having played haunted halloween 85 and playing (laughs) the shit out of that and like that werewolf boss was a bastard for a while like this this guy was was easy compared to the werewolf so yeah i mean it's like the same idea though you know it absolutely is that's the thing we're conditioned like that's the thing yeah I mean, we've played a, a million of these little games, and it's just excellent, though. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's all I really say about him. All right, so now, level four. Level four. Another horizontal treat. It's not as bad as level three. <laughs> what was the graphical style level four? This had the Giger, like, alien Contra, how there was, like, the little alien heads, like the xenomorph heads that were twitching. Yeah, at the at the very top, so it was very remind me of like the last level of Contra, totally. Was it the one that had like the yellow top to it and blue backgrounds? And... Yeah, exactly. It wasn't too bad. You just kind of moved to the right, and it was more of a simple level. It wasn't as crazy as the third one. It was it was kind of interesting how like some games, the early levels are worse than the later levels, and it's kind of like, huh. Oh yeah, you know it's it's definitely a balance issue when it comes to the levels. Um, this one kind of had the um what I was calling like the grappling pits, where you would literally have to do like a a four or five section hang grapple, and then if you didn't time the jump right, you'd fall into a pit, and there's usually an enemy down there waiting for you. It would punish you. So if you didn't get the the jumps, that was the other thing where it's very memorization based. You know. Yeah, and, and, and really, like, it's memorizing where the little platforms were. So, like, like if you had platforms that are right next to each other, you could literally tap right and jump to, to quickly move. And if you held it, you'd leap a little further. Right, that's where it was sensitive, the button. So, I thought, I think there's actually three. There's, like, if you hit it real light... You'll jump just a little hop, and if you hit it medium, you do a, a medium hop and large, obviously large. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I got a little. Um, did you know? <laughs> cool. Um, so you mentioned about the chip exchange, right? Uh huh. Did Did you know that that was covered in Nintendo Power in classified information? Ooh, that's awesome. Do you know what what uh, issue that was? 
I don't know what issue. Um, That's cool. But man. I do have a article from that I could read right now, which literally it's the chip exchange. It says, the chips that power your special weapons in this hair razor can easily be exchanged for extra energy while you're battling the enemies at the end of each area. As soon as you reach the an area leader, press the start button to pause the game, then press up on the control pad to take away chips and add energy. If you'd rather have more chips and less energy, press down on the control pad as the action is on hold. Press the start button to resume play and you'll be able to take advantage of the super power adjustment. Some area leaders are heavy hitters that move quickly. It's a good idea to bargain for more energy when you fight them. When you take on other area leaders, you might benefit from having more special items. And then it shows literally um, when you're fighting, I think it's the second area boss, and it's, or, and it's literally showing... Like pause the action shows exactly how how it adjusts the chips from all full life to full chips and back and forth. Freaking cool! It's covered, man. That's amazing. <laughs> it's actually in there. Jesus Christ! It, it has to be in the nineteen nineties. Has to be from the nineties because because Kabuki was released in January ninety one, so it had to be nineteen ninety one. I mean, it, typically how Nintendo Power would do classified information is is like they would do like a reveal of a game, maybe a review on that month it was released. Then the next one would be like the classified information. And that came from your Dave Brooks, you know, shooting back to an old episode. That would come from your Dave Brooks kind of guys who were doing the testing because they would literally take all the phone calls and they would figure out things. And as Dave said, uh, people would call in and let them know about tactics too and that stuff would bleed its way into nintendo power exactly super cool though yeah it's like a little like cool aspect though gotta love it that's great man hell yeah nice find right there man <laughs> the boss is i think probably the hardest boss to get the way that the speedrunner beat it though oh. he, he got what what is this boss is this the little green guy it's a little robot like droid yeah a little little green robot dude yeah he's like a little octopus looking yeah. Yeah, and he clings up to the ceiling. Now, the mm-hmm. the best way that go all the way to the left and just whip with your hair. Just keep whipping and keep whipping because the robot will come to you and then after you whip it a few times, it'll actually, it should 90% of the time go to the ceiling. Oh. Once it goes to the ceiling and goes upside down, that's when you want to turn on to your range weapon. And then just go crazy. The the guy used the dynamite, so that's that's what I use. So because when he's up top, you can't whip him with your hair. So the key is to whip him with your hair when he's on the ground, so that, and <laughs> save your chips to when you need him when you can't hit him with your hair. Now, yeah. So that's pretty awesome strategy. So then we're on the level five. That's when you get the spinal columns, the bones, and the veins. And there's a horizontal and a vertical part in this one. Horizontal and a vertical. Yeah, yeah. The vertical in this one's where they take (laughs) off the fucking kid gloves. So level five one is horizontal. It still has level five one has a lot of those little pits that you have to like flip around. I think five one is. It's cool because of the how the level set up. It's almost like a forest, almost like a digital forest. Yeah, because it has like veins, and the veins are like trees, and like the little green shrubbery almost that's floating around that you can't touch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like little spike bushes things. But that background is like the background's like fuzz. But then when you get to the the vertical section, it's just the fuzz, and like then you got your Batman platforms. Mixed, but the Batman platforms are brown. It's like brown on brown. They pull out all the stops. And then they pull out all the bullshit stops. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Gotta love it. Now it gets fucking insanity, dude. Total insanity. Exactly. And, it, like, it's so crazy. The, the thing is, is this is maybe one of the least impressive levels when it comes to graphically. Because, especially, like, the going up levels, because it's, it's a pretty bland background. There's some skulls here and there. Once yeah, you Once it's... you get, like, halfway up, because it's just completely vertical, This it's, like, level 5-2. It's funny, because I found myself, like, trying to look to the top of the screen, like, above the screen. So I'm like, really? I want to know, like, what came next, like, up, up, moving my up. head, you know, like, tilting <laughs> Yeah, up. That's hilarious. <laughs> 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 up. 
So yeah, man, that that one I definitely ran out of time on. That was oh man, I'm gonna I am gonna know death this motherfucker though. That's the irony is your your one death wasn't due to enemies. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Like it's so unique for a platformer. Yeah. It really is. I mean it does have a lot of control similarities to Ninja Gaiden, and you're really, really well versed in Ninja Gaiden. And this is nowhere near as punishing. Yeah, so that's the whole training element. Yeah, yeah, like, you, you took your master's course in Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, I thought the flipping wasn't hard. What was hard was, like, to conveyor belts, the ice, because you would hit the ice and, like, fly so fast, so you had to know, like, when to hit the jump button. The combinations. So it was, like, a training element. That I thought was hardest. Or, like, the guys, like, the enemies that shot shit at you, and they were, like, in your way when you're climbing. Oh, that's what one of the bad reviews there's like these blow torches in the third level the guy's like it's impossible you know <laughs> it's timing man like Luke that's impossible that's impossible <laughs> <laughs> did you like rage quit yeah it's true though Yoda just shakes his head like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like that's got to go up there though in the archives so it's like a classic oh yeah it's like that's that's where we just built a new nostalgia was that bastard of a level that <laughs> <laughs> fucker was evil that's that's when i was like telling you that goddamn verticals is growing it wasn't level three it was it was this one yeah man the level five two five two <laughs> yes the impossible concentration too like just because you don't want to fall, because when you fall, you got to retrace all your steps. And then time becomes a factor. <laughs> yeah, then you're like, oh, Jesus. And then you start freaking out. Yeah. Yeah, so you got to just back, okay, I can't fall off this little, tiny little bit of a platform. i got to just, a little shred of land. Shred of hope. Shred of hope. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so cool, though, like, to see, like, where, how far you've come by the end of the game. You know, like, geez, I climbed all this shit. And it's just badass. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's like a little journey. Now, this boss is pretty easy. I thought of, like, Mega Man, because it has, that, like, black, like, space background, kind of. Well, this is, like, the, the giant robot, but, yeah. like, with the, with the tiny little peanut head. Yeah, it's like something <laughs> Wily would make or something. I'm like, ooh, what do I need to shoot? Probably the tiny fucking peanut head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just jump up to him, like, trapeze-style, flip up. And... I, I thought it was cool that you, like, like the little, like, side, it's like a gun is what you use as the platforming piece. Yeah, that's when you flip up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's. I thought that was pretty cool. And as long as you can avoid him and kind of jump on that, you can pretty much eliminate his ass pretty quickly. And what was cool is it, it's like a interactive boss because you can flip around on him. It's like jungle jungle gym boss. Jungle gym, so, like um, what is it? Shad- <laughs> Shadow of the Colossus. Every boss, you, they're literally giant colossi, and you climb up on them. That's kind of what you do here. Yeah, that game's sick, dude. Yeah, fucking ridiculous. The speedrun guy. He just like sat down by the the shit at the very top, the very cap where you hit it. He just sat down and would jump. Whenever he like shot his shit and just like land, he had it all timed out. It was crazy, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's pretty much a pushover. That boss. Oh yeah, he's like once you know to hit him in the peanut head. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's no problem. And then you, then we get to the final. No, no problem. No problem, man. Then we get to the final boss, level six. Level six is just a boss that has two stages. In space. The, the classic Japanese anime style double form boss. In space. Yeah. In space, space, space. Oh. With with like little guts oh. everywhere. Like little like it's like shredded like hamburger meat level. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or, organic space world. Organic space goo. Which is like Gradius life force. What was it like what was it in the story? It was like like, cause it's like you beat the game after level five in the story, and it's like, no, I'll go back in. <laughs> like, 
I'll go back in. <laughs> yeah, he's like, they need help one more time. Scott O'Connor's always ready. <laughs> Scott O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Amazing. Gonna, always ready. <laughs> always. always. <laughs> now, the first form is, like, ridiculously easy, though. Oh, yeah. It's like a joke. Oh, my God. He just shoots, like, one direction to the left. Yeah. And it's always, like, above you. So as long as you just stay, like, right next to him, you'll always shoot above the guy. And then you just hit him as he's going. Yeah, you literally just troll him to death. Now, the second phase is a little different. Now, now the first phase, because it's like a giant robot head with, like, tendrils coming from it. And there's, like, a little nub on the top. Again, you shoot the nub. The second phase, it's, like, almost like a face hugger comes out of it. And it's, like, moving around like a little, like, snake dragon thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where it's, like, shooting multiple shots. That's when it gets a little crazy. Now, for me, I found it was easy to... Because there's, like, two platforms on this stage. Yes. That you can hang from and you can jump on. And I found that if I would alternate between going on top of it and below it, timing it with the shots that the boss shoots at you... You could basically take no de- no hits from that boss because he has a pretty easy pattern for a final boss. He has like two different shots. Like there's a lower one and a high one. Yeah. Um. You can do the. That's an awesome strategy actually. And the other one, if you go to the left corner, just the bottom left corner, he'll miss you most of the times, but you'll have to jump every once in a while. Oh. Okay. It's the same idea though. One gets is higher and one's lower, so the lower one doesn't hit you. The higher one, once in a while, you gotta jump over it. Um, and what I did, I transferred all my life to my chips, and I just blew them away with TNT. <laughs> like, the speed, like the speedrun guy did. Ah, see, that's where you got that unfair net advantage, you know, the uh, the yep. ultimate secret. I, I had to figure out my own little strategy. <laughs> Way different. Yeah, that's awesome. Up and down, I definitely like that. It makes total sense. Well, the the key is with the up and down aspect is, is that... You gotta know how to use those platforms perfectly, otherwise it ain't gonna fucking work. I mean, that's that's the key. Of course, you know, by that time I had played the game for, you know, a couple hours and That's the thing. I and ironically that's kinda of funny. A couple hours and I was able to get good at it. <laughs> it's <laughs> crazy. It's um, so cool. Like, yeah, man. It shows Amazing. like how we progressed, man. Yeah, it's it's and it's how fast we're able to like get good at these games. It's just fucked up. It's just like it blows us away. <laughs> yeah, so so we so this is a homework game that we both beat. Oh, absolutely, we destroyed this one. And, <laughs> well, it shows like with with Judy playing her puzzle bobble, getting up to level ten. Like she couldn't get past level one, and now she can get to level ten. Like it just shows you if you put the time in. And, you know, she's playing at, like, all hours of the night. So it's, to me, that's, like, super badass. Like, because it shows you someone who's never played video games before can get into it and be, like, better than, I can't get that high. I could probably get to level, like, four or five, maybe, like. Yeah, but if you played it as much as she is, then then you'd be be a contender, yo. (laughs) So, yeah, so I think we've come to the end of the Kabuki Road, I would say, um... Hmm. A very awesome quality, amazing platform. I'm glad that we got to play it. The other thing, though, it's very cheap still. It's probably like ten bucks fi- for now. Fi- Fifteen bucks. You better get it now. I could actually go and buy them all right now and price them at sixty bucks, seventy bucks, and people would pay that price just like Jackie Chan. It's the same exact thing. Yeah. That that's the next one to happen. It hasn't happened yet, but you never know. Never know. So, one thing that I would I would like to say, though, uh-huh. is that after you watch the credits, there is a little screen, and it says, like, what the hell does it say? It says something about, like, I'll be back. Watch for my next adventure. And he's, like, bowing, like, chic uh, sabusta. I looked it up. There was no sequel um, <laughs> at all. Now, oh, there was something I came across. There's a game called Mystical Fighter. For the oh, Genesis, Genesis, and it kind of has a character that it's Kabuki dude, but it's not Kabuki Quantum Fighter, and it's more of a beat 'em up. It's a beat 'em up, yeah. yeah. I would check that out though. I actually have that one. Um, definitely check out that game. It's pretty cool, actually. It's even like the same kind of font for Fighter. So, like, 
I wanted to look it up, and it was like, oh, it's a two-player little beat-em-up. Um, cool, it's cool but it's not a platformer. It's just, yeah, they, they ended up not doing a sequel, which sucks, but it is what it is. I think it might have something to do with Hal getting the Kirby license and kind of coming more under Nintendo's umbrella. Maybe Nintendo's thumb, per se. <laughs> yeah, the things all changed, I'm sure, once Kirby was born. Well, and that's the thing. So, like, once once you fall into Nintendo, and they're like, "We want you to make games for us." Now they're working on Pokemon. Now they're working on Smash Bros. Now there's no time for them to do an awesome Kabuki Quantum Fighter sequel. It's great that you mentioned Mystical Fighter because it has Fighter in the title. It's got the, yeah. the red Kabuki guy in the front. Freaking mind blowing, man! So that that's we're definitely gonna play that one eventually. Never heard about that game. I mean, you knew about it, but I never did. And that's where it's gonna be awesome working on a Genesis like collector's guide book. That was the Video Palace one, and I thought of Kabuki when I when I saw it, and I was like, cool. I mean, the guy it was super cheap. I think it was like card only for like three dollars, four dollars before he got overblown, man. Yeah, overblown asshole. I'll never go in there again, though. Oh, no, me, me neither, just because of how he treated our, our buddy Wiz with the uh, Neo Geo thing, and the guy literally wouldn't even, like, answer a fucking question that he had when he's going to buy the item from him. He's like, well, then just don't buy it. <laughs> it's like, dude. He just know how to treat his customers. Fuck him. It's like, dude, that's crazy. Fuck like, you, man. Fuck you, man. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Cockroach. <laughs> Cucaracha. <laughs> so, uh, grade time. Hmm. Grade time. I say, hmm. I say, I say, uh, A minus for me. I wish it was a little longer. What did you remove it? Long? Yes. I would say length for sure. Docks a half. Maybe two more stages? Yeah. The consistency, too. Like how it's level five, they kind of like squish two levels in one. Yeah. So it's like there's a long level and a long level, but the rest of the game, you just do like one long level, except for level two, where you do that real quick 50 second deal where you gotta like drop down. Yeah. At the end, they kind of compressed everything. So I guess you could look at that as like two levels. Yeah. In a way. You, you can, but again, though, we both literally beat the game in a single sitting. Yeah, it could have gone longer. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, if it had been a couple more stages, not necessarily harder stages, just a couple more stages to flesh it out a little. Um, I don't think they should have added any crazy gimmicks or anything like that. Like, oh, we needed to change it up or no. I think it, it was a, it was a great dichotomy. Um, the problem is if they would have done two more levels, it might have been like rehash enemies, rehash level types. That's the one issue you that the redundancy could have... And then that would have still maybe docked it at half a point. So it, <laughs> either way, we may never have been satisfied, no matter what they gave us, um, to a perfection. But maybe we could have. <laughs> I'm, I'm right on you with an A-, minus, by the way. Like It just feels about right, you know? Because the music's excellent. The artwork's excellent. Like, there's no... I have no issues with it. It's, it's hard as balls, but it shouldn't be easy. I mean... That's just part of the rewarding like aspect too. I mean, if ever if if the game was super easy, it would need to be a lot longer. Like if they adjusted the difficulty, it would need to be like twenty levels then, because otherwise you're gonna sit there and, and beat it in fifteen minutes or ten minutes. Exactly. <laughs> People already do that at this difficulty. So there it is, man. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love it, man. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at bgbspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a phone number. It is 262264BGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message. Um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!